0: Side's equally as powerful, and if you come to the dark side, you wind up with it apparently some more power than you have on the other side. And so they take. Right,
1: so y'all ready for some chili today? Goes back. So yeah, it's an awesome day for Matt chili. Good Matt planning on that, Judy and Matt. The dark and the light. Good idea. They are from both sides. All right, so we're gonna have chili after lunch after. Church and hopefully somebody brought some cornbread and uh, cheese and crackers, and desserts. We'll have we'll have all that after that. And um, we are also going to have a bonus session, but it's going to be a Q and A. So if you have questions and you want them answered. Well, preferably like theological <laughs> I mean, you probably could get some roofing questions answered as well, but um yeah, so like uh, church things, yeah, so be thinking about that, and then after the you know after lunch, we'll ask if there's questions, and then we'll have that bonus session if there's questions be about the uh, mere Christianity. Uh, book study. It can be about the sermon today. It can be about sermons that we've listened to or something from Spiritual Dimensions Retreat or just something you've been thinking about. So good time to get some of those deep questions answered about God and his world and his works. All right. There are uh, lots of people with illnesses, and uh, we need to remember to be praying for those and uh, anything else any other announcements okay let's pray Father God I thank you for this place to gather where we can uh, learn about you hear from you we can be with you here with your great crowd of witnesses and uh, with your people here with your Uh, heavenly hosts that are gathered here with us. And uh, Father, uh, Scripture says that we uh, individually are your temple because you live in us, but also collectively, as your church, we are your temple. And uh, that means that this is the place where you dwell. And I just uh, pray we would Take that to heart. Remember that. Thank you for a place to gather with other Christians. And uh, the fellowship meal after the service is not just a time to have some great chili and, and hang out, but also a time to encourage each other um, in our walk together and to talk about what God's doing in our lives. Thank you for that opportunity. And uh, thank you for a warm church to gather. I pray for those who are ill and... Uh, various things going on i pray that you would be there with them and uh pray for healing in their lives thanks for those who you have provided healing and are able to be with us i just love to see you at work and uh, i pray all these things in your son's name amen
2: the throne of God above. I have a strong and perfectly a great high priest whose name is the
3: me. With Christ my Savior and my God With Christ my Savior and my God
4: Pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the, the different seasons, even though it gets real cold sometimes. We thank you for leaving us your word. Thank you for all the promises that you made to us. And thank you for your good nature to be faithful and true. Give us the humility to honor you. Give Randy the words to speak to us today. And we ask that you bless these tithes and offerings. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The
1: gates
5: and doors were barred, and all the windows fastened down. Spent the night in sleeplessness and rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow and half in fear, the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. And just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle. Voice began to call. Hurried to the window and looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet. There was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in. John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been. She said they've moved him in the night, and none of us knows where. The stone's been rolled away, and now his body isn't there. We both ran toward the garden, then John ran on ahead. We found the stone in the empty tomb, just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just an empty shell. They'd taken him Was more than I could tell Well, something strange Had happened there But just what I did not know John believed a miracle But I just turned to go Circumstance and speculation Couldn't lift me very high Cause I'd seen them Crucify him And I saw him die Back inside the house again The guilt and anguish came Everything I had promised him Just added to my shame When at last it came the choices I denied I knew his name And even if he was alive Suddenly the air was filled with strange and sweet perfume Light that came from everywhere Drove shadows from the room Jesus stood before me With his arms held open wide And I fell down on my knees And just clung to him and cried He raised me to my feet As I looked into his eyes Love was shining out from him Like sunlight from the skies Guilt in my confusion Disappeared in sweet release And every fear I'd ever had Just melted into peace
0: This is going to get good. The uh, song, He's Alive, is just uh, a great retelling of what happened when Jesus died on the cross. The response, and that's from Peter's perspective. And then coming to realize that he's come out of the grave, that this whole thing is real. It changes everything. Jesus is the death buster. And uh, we're going to take a look at a number of things, and uh, a number of these happen to be things that people have said. They offer at funerals to be an encouraging word for somebody who's lost a person that they love. And so there's a variety of things that that are involved in this emotionally and uh, relationships. But this is... uh, Sort of tearing down some of those ideas in order to establish things on the rock. There's a uh, way of viewing things that tend to take us away from the Lord, and then there's another way that can move us closer to Him. Truth has a way of moving us close. Some of the uh, fairy tales that are made up about how this works... Don't really help. They may comfort in the short term, but they don't really help. They don't last. And it interrupts what God is trying to, to do, what He's trying to accomplish, and uh, help us to understand that there's something really important going on here life and death. Jesus the death buster. So here's some, here's some issues. We'll run through a few. Um, Jesus is God. People are not. That may seem very simple, but it gets very confused as people um, try to usurp god 's position or they think that they have abilities godlike abilities. And that gets gets into some serious problems. So that's why we have the next one. Dead people are still people. They don't become something else. Next one, people do not grow wings. So you die, and all of a sudden you sprout wings, which would just be really tough if you're wearing a jacket. Heaven is not an extension of earth. Heaven is not an extension of earth. Jesus may appear to people in near-death experiences. So we still have manifestations of the Messiah happening here. But Jesus, the death buster. and uh, So we're going to look at these issues. So Jesus is God. People are not. We'll start there. And it's something to consider. Uh, Colossians two nine. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So he's on Earth, but he's God. So it's God man. He's resurrected. He's still a human. He's God man. Still, still has all of those aspects and attributes. Attribute of God is that he can be everywhere present and there is no place that he is not so he can be the one to comfort to uh, come alongside us he can hear our prayers he can he can uh, work in ways that that uh, change things in our world Jesus we're told is the one who holds all things together so you get down to the atomic level and you go what why is a nucleus holding it together like it does it ought to blow apart if you put magnets together the same way they would blow apart but it doesn't because Jesus is holding it together he's holding ourselves together he's holding together this universe he's 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 the one who holds all things together. He's everywhere present. He can hear hear us in our prayers. He, he's the one that we pray to and in his name. And then he and God the Father are in tune and that information gets you know taken care of. They have additional help because they've chosen to create other beings, heavenly beings, divine beings that are we call angels and then they in turn come and listen and interact and so that's part of God's family and then we are the ones he's looking out for on earth and trying to include us so he's he's got a lot going on but he is he's out there always able to hear and be all around and he said in Matthew 28 that I am with you always To the end of the age. Why would that matter? What difference does it make? It's just a nice phrase. Because we get into some stuff that happens pretty quick when somebody dies. Things like, uh, well, grandma's going on to heaven, but she'll be with us. She'll be watching out for She'll be looking over you. You and the grandkids. Um... No. We don't become God. So that's not going to work. There's Jesus. He is everywhere present because he has the attributes, the character. He's God. But that doesn't pass on to other people who are dead. They're just dead people. So confusing that becomes part of the problem. So dead people are still people that's that's that limitation so human beings are limited in where they can be at any given time so hopefully you and your head are here at this time and that is how this works for humans dead and alive because we're you know alive after death same, same principle. We don't become something that now suddenly we can be everywhere present. So let's run through that. So Grandma is not keeping an eye on us. She is not interested in little Johnny's soccer game. She's busy with the things, the great things that exist in heaven that have been set, prepared for her. For all those who have entered into heaven, into that glorious state, there is a new experience. And all of those treasures that Jesus says, you can send them ahead where moth and rust do not destroy. You can send those, you can send those to heaven. And so you've got a whole locker up there. It doesn't even have a lock on it, just a door. But it's yours. It has your name printed on the front, magic marker. There it is with your name. That's yours. And everything you send ahead is waiting for you. There will be a time when you get there, you have access to all of that. Grandma did too, and all those who've gone before. Some have more in their storage locker than others, because some don't believe this. So things I'm telling you are um, amazingly powerful and often just ignored, passed over. And here's this opportunity to fill that locker, to fill it, to, to have multiple lockers, to just keep adding. And the Lord, he encourages it. That's what he wants to see. First Corinthians 3 tells us there's going to be a big judgment, and there's going to be a big bonfire at that judgment. And people get to bring what they've done in this life to that particular bonfire and the things that are lasting are the things that go in that storage locker that that he has that can't be taken away won't be taken away because he protects it because it's what he's asked us to do so that is in the storage locker and it it's it just becomes richer and richer and amazing and then we can spend our lives on other things. And that's what he talks about there in First Corinthians 3. And when you put that in the fire, that stuff that you thought was so important and so valuable just burns up. It's gone. There's nothing, nothing to take with us. But we've, we've got stuff. I mean, there's things that he's told us to invest in so that we can have it in heaven. Because when we get there, we've got things to do. He doesn't waste the experiences that we have, the things we've learned are, are uh, over a lifetime. He takes all of the elements of our lives, the relationships, our abilities to do, to do relationship, good or bad, and they, they face that fire too because the bad parts get dealt with. And if we're investing in these things the way he's told us, those things are, are mounting up for good. And then we've got experiences. We've de- we've developed skills. We've got abilities. We've got insights. We've got all of that. All of a sudden, that that brain that we think, man, I don't even know where I put the car keys today, and why am I in the kitchen, and why, all of the things that that occur to us, uh, and we forget all all of those things that that strike us in in, in the mind. <laughs> Will no longer be a factor because the mind will work because all of sin is gone. We are, we have to run our mind, which is an uh, immaterial thing, through a physical thing, our brain, and our brain gets you know corroded, and so it's not always working a hundred percent. But we're not taking our brain with us. That kind of sounds bad. But our minds go with us, and our minds have all of our memories. You've, you've probably heard about some of those people that have the, the perfect recall. You can say, what happened at 3 o'clock on December 9th, and 9, you know, 2012, or something, and they just rattle it off. That will be the case, all of it. And we'll be able to think, and we'll be able to think clearly. And the junk in our lives, the things that we're forgiven for, the Lord's going to just... It's just going to melt away. We sing those songs. It'll melt away. And the, and the good parts will be there. And, and give us more to work with, more. So, again, we're not wasting any experience, even the hard ones. Because the hard ones have, have shaped us, play a part in shaping our, our character, our response to the world, our response to him. Now some of those experiences go, Oh, it's just hard and I'm mad at God. You tell him when you get there. <laughs> See how that goes? There's He's giving us opportunity to get closer to Him, to know Him better, to to be thrilled about entering into His space. But Jesus is God. He died, He rose again. He's God. God the Father is God. God the Holy Spirit. God. Human beings are human beings. Alive or dead. Life after. Human beings. They can be in one place. There are some times when you can be in two. But we're not talking about that today. You can't be everywhere present. That's the huge difference. Can't be everywhere present. That is reserved for God alone it's an attribute of divinity and one we do not have. we get to be uh, in unique in a unique position with unique abilities that are going to just surprise us when we get into his presence and in, enter into heaven because our abilities will far surpass what we're able to do here. The things when you read through scripture. And you go, well, you can, you can walk and not get tired. You can run, not faint. You can even fly like an eagle. You go, huh, well, that's kind of cool. Those are given hints. Those, those, those are available to us here when we're walking with him in part. But when we're there, those things are true in full. You go, okay, that's gonna be fun. Cause there's some mountains I want to climb and some things I want to do, and you're not even gonna get tired. And and this whole this whole thing, you can you can fly. So people do not grow wings. That's I Isaiah forty thirty-one, by the way, for reference on the flying thing. People do not grow wings. So just that whole idea, well, the bell rang and Clarence got his wings and that's if you saw a wonderful life. No, there's just stories that get started and, and then they get passed on. And, wasn't that cute? Grandma told it to the grandkids. Well, now the grandkids are grown up and they're telling it to their kids. and Now the whole family actually believes it. So they're all running around every time the bell rings and think, oh, that's it. And, you know, another angel got his wings. You go, And the angel is a dead person. And you're just going, what? No. So let's just bring that back. It's fun for stories. It's fun for a movie. Just let's just roll that back. Not going to grow wings. Jesus flew when he left his friends and ascended to heaven. He ascended to heaven without wings. He just flew. This went into heaven. That's the resurrected Jesus. First John 3 tells us when we see him, we will become like him. We will be like him. Did he have wings? No, he didn't. What are we going to have? No wings. Well, dang it. What about the angels? Angels don't even have wings. You got some seraphim. They have wings, but they're different heavenly beings, and they have different makeup, design. Human beings are human beings. We covered that one. People are people. We remain people. We're just in this other place, other, taking on other amazing attributes and abilities, taking what we've gained from this, this time, there, and this prepares us for some cool stuff that he has for us there that's waiting, and we can invest in it and add more to it from here, So that when we get there, it's waiting. Or we can just, you know, burn it up because you only got one life to live. Get all the gusto you can, and then he'll just burn that all up. That's a choice. But we can invest in it. But when we get there, no wings needed, and we can fly, which is really cool. You just think about zipping around from place to place. But interdimensional travel... uh, Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. That's pretty fast. Not even close to to what this interdimensional travel is like. So when we, wow, these stars are out there, you know, and they're so many light years away, and you just, wow, that's, you know, it blows your mind, and isn't that incredible? And because of the kind of travel available to us through the Lord, through this thing that he's doing, he doesn't have to travel that way. You can just read the accounts in the Gospels. He rose from the dead. He'd go through a wall. He'd meet people on the road. They'd have to walk back half a day. He'd just immediately show up, visit somebody else. How do you do that? That's faster than light. The stuff that we're told, First Corinthians 15, and you know, this is going to happen in the twinkle of an eye. This is going to happen so fast. These things are going to move so fast because God invented the laws of the universe. He's the one who set them up. He's the one who keeps them going. Jesus is holding all things together. He doesn't have to operate by those rules. He does when he comes to visit, but he doesn't have to operate by those rules. That's why you have heavenly beings that visit the service. You may or may not see them. You might run into them and feel them, but they just show up. Where did they come from? How many light years did they travel across the universe to get here? They didn't. It just instantaneously they can move from heaven to here and interact, and be part of this. And when we die, we enter into another realm, one in which... Am I going to cover that part? One in which we're not going to be running back here to harass people. So when people die, people are, you know, people, are people, when they die they are transported they are taken to another location one of two possibilities one of them is really good the other not the transport happens uh, quickly do, do they get to get stuck on earth because there's lots of stories lots of movies about that and you're just stuck you got to work it out somebody's got to solve the problem and then you can go no that's not that's not how this works well Grandma hid a mason jar full of money, and we don't know where, so we need to ask her. So we go get somebody to go contact the dead and find out where the money is. And sometimes I get an answer, and they tell them it's by the oak tree, over by the old well, and they dig and they find a jar. I go, son of God, Grandma came back and told us, no, there are other beings who are observing. And they're sitting around waiting for you to go talk to somebody to raise the dead. And then they know exactly where that jar of money is. And they'll tell you. And, and people get deceived. The dead people, those who are walking with the Lord, are in heaven. And they are having such a good time. They do not want to see how frustrated you are with your job, with the dishes with how things are going in your life. They're praying that you get it right with God. That's what they're concerned about. Get it right with God. They'll send back messages. That's what Luke 16 is telling us. Luke 16, 19 to 31, Jesus is telling the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus is a righteous man. He's in goes to paradise. He's visiting with Abraham, Abraham's bosom. The rich man doesn't. He gets... Uh, door number 2 so he's in a, a pickle and he's hurting now the description jesus gives and he's the only one who knows what's happening out there and he's saying he, these guys are there full body fingers toes nose they can they have memories they know they can recognize each other they communicate in a language i mean all of it's happening and the the man who's suffering is saying you got to you got to send somebody back. you got to send somebody to earth to tell my brothers because this, this is horrible. And it's real. I mean, this is really happening. And Abraham tells them that they have Moses. They have the Bible. They have the scriptures. They have Moses, and, the, and, and they have the prophets. They have the truth because God has already given them that. And all they have to do is believe it. They're familiar with it. They, these are Jewish people. They're familiar with it. They just ignored it, just like most people in our world. Just ignore it. Ignore him. Ignore his truth. Got other things. They're so much smarter than everyone else. And then they get there. So every person who... I've, I've done funerals for people who don't believe, but I include the statement from Abraham. They've all been given an opportunity. Everyone has that opportunity. And he goes on to say, not only do they have the scriptures, but if someone came back from the dead, they would not believe. There you go. They have an opportunity to not wind up in that place by believing the one true God, listening to the scriptures, going his way. And they choose not. Not. He doesn't want it that way. God doesn't want it that way. He's not sending people to hell. People are choosing to not be with Him. It's a personal choice to absolutely turn Him down at every turn. He's going. Nope. Got something more for you? Do those people hang around? Are they here for a while? Uh, when they die, there are people who stick around. People will pass pass through. Um, a home and maybe move something triple light do, do you kind of go That was weird they just died and this weird thing just happened yeah that, that can be the case uh, they're on their way uh, they're they're gonna get get to heaven pretty quick but they're not stuck Dorothea a long-term member of the church passed away and I was in the office over there, and there's a glass looking this way from the office. And I was at that computer in there, and, and, and that particular afternoon, I go, who was somebody just came in? Who was that? Looks like Dorothea. And I just caught a glimpse of her coming down the hall and turning in right here. That's weird. I go looking. There's no Dorothea. There's nobody. Well, that's just weird. And then I find out. And she just passed at her mobile home, and I'm going. Oh, that was just okay. Well, she came to visit on her way. Just didn't stop and say anything. Just, just kind of passed through. Probably checking on the decorations. She worked on that, but people they 'll sometimes do that, uh, the reason i 'm telling you that is there are people who think that their dead loved ones come back and let them know that they're they 're there by flicking lights or blowing out candles or lighting candles or moving things in the house and it, just a variety of signs or cardinals show up i don 't know if you 've seen that one you know the cardinal shows up The cardinal just showed up just. <laughs> There's, there's no connection to to your dead grandma. The visiting can happen on the way out. Now, does, do dead people come back? Yeah, because there's times when the Lord says, yeah, I'm going to send them, I got something for them to to say or do. So he sends Samuel back to talk to King Saul, and he gets to come back. And he's a little miffed that he gets that he gets called up and goes, yeah, what are you bothering me for? And he has to come back be on earth. For a little bit, and then he takes off again. That's not the only time. Jesus is standing on top of a mountain, and Moses and Elijah, who have been dead for centuries, join him. Peter, John, James are watching this. And they're very observant because they're talking about, man, Jesus, he's like wearing these other clothes. His features change, and he's like in this super white robe and everything is going on they're very observant they, they include those details and it rocked their lives Peter in 2 Peter's letter 2 Peter chapter 1 references that event as the thing that marked him what did he see in his life Jesus walked on the waters cast out demons healed a bunch of people healed his mother-in-law that didn't even get there didn't get recognized the um, Jesus dies and is resurrected. Those are all big. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's missing that. But the one that he goes, this. Jesus is there in his glory, because he just transforms in front of him. Standing there talking to a couple of people who've been dead for centuries. They recognize them. I don't know if they have name tags or what, but they showed up. there no information given about, well, they dressed weird. They were wispy, um, like like smoke or clouds or ghostly. Nothing like that. They're just two guys talking with Jesus. okay, they have all their fingers. If they're face, they are their face. They're just two guys. Wow. Can God send people back? Yeah. He's in charge of that. The people themselves aren't going, oh, you know, they're just having a tough time. They've had a hard time at work this week. I think I'll just go by there and let them know that I care and flip on the dining room light. No, because they're having too much fun. God has something for them to do. And they're busy. Are there other beings who can copy that behavior and get you to buy into it? Yeah. Excuse me. Those other beings would like for you to go, yeah, I think grandma's here hovering. Or anything that would distract from how God has laid this out. He has a place for those people who have already gone. He loves them. And Jesus said, I'm preparing a place. It's my father's house. There's lots of room. It's going to be a good time. We're going to even have a banquet. And he's preparing a place for us too. And we'll be able to join them as well. And it's going to be amazing. And we get to fly without wings. And we're not going to come back and follow everybody in our family around. And think about the f- the family that we're following around c- because this becomes such a major it, you know, it tugs in my heartstrings to think the family circle will not be broken. You've heard the song, I hope. So you just get moved by this whole concept because we need to get our family back together. Well, I want you to talk to the people there. What were your parents or your grandparents? Wh- what's their family circle? It's their parents, their grandparents. What's their family circle, their parents, their grandparents? So you and your selfish mind say it's only my circle. You ever think of that? My circle counts. The rest of them. Well, God in his incredible mercy and plan says, Y'all come, I got a big family. You're gonna have a big family. You get to be part of all of this. I have a place for everybody. The, the circle you're going to have is much bigger than you thought. And the circle they found when they got there includes Moses and Elijah and Mary. And they go, wow, this is a big circle. But those people can't hear your prayers either, by the way. I don't care how ancient they are. They are people, one place, one time, they're busy. The people who can hear Or the person who can hear your prayers, who can hear and keep an eye on you, that's the Lord. And his angels, because he sends them. He says, pray in my name. Pray to the Father in my name. That's how this goes. Well, don't we have to go through somebody? He says, yeah. Go in your closet, in your private space, and you pray to the Father who is in heaven, and he will hear you. Later, John 16, he says, pray in my name. Use my authority. I'm giving you the right to use my name with him in your prayer. Huh. So I don't need anything in between. No. Nope. But, but grandma was super holy. No, grandma's busy. But you can go into your closet. And you can pray to God the Father, and he will hear you because he's everywhere present. Heaven is not an extension of earth. Heaven is not an extension of earth. So if you were a farmer or a rancher, obviously when you get to heaven, you're going to be chasing cows planting a garden, and you're going to be busy, busy doing what you... And and if you were a fisherman, when you get to heaven, have you been to funerals recently? Because if somebody's, you know, they were big into bass fishing, they're going to talk about, man, he's up there just really fishing it up, catching the big ones. It's just amazing up in heaven when you go fishing. The rancher gets to be ranching. The farmer gets to be farming. We take what's here and make that heaven. I want to read this. 1 John 2.15. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. (laughs) What? You love this world, the things this world gives you. Well, I like golf. I like fishing. I like gardening. I like knitting. I like... Are those bad things? No. Is that heaven? No. God has revealed himself in ways that are just remarkable. So what's the direction? Do we make earth? And I don't care if you're at a funeral. We just went to a funeral. So I just heard this. All of these things. If we take we take those concepts about imp- taking whatever somebody kind of did or enjoyed on earth and making that heaven then uh, we already see that that you know there's some issue with our understanding of who God is. We have elevated earth to a higher place and the things of earth to a higher place than what heaven offers and and we think we should Im- Take this and move it there. Or that comforts the people who have just lost a loved one. I don't agree. I think there's a whole lot of room for just talking about what heaven is, and we get to move into this new space, this new realm that is so amazing. So this is what Jesus said in Matthew 6. You're familiar with these words because he he thought, you know, you need to think about this. We need to get heaven down here, not earth up there. He said, pray like this, our Father in heaven. Where is he? In heaven. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So where did we get off thinking we need to make heaven more like earth? When he told us plainly, we need to make earth more like heaven. We bring him down. We ask him, come do that here. Do it in us. Help us to live this out. Help us to get our heads straight. Before we come to talk to you one-on-one and the campfire starts, really like to get this right. Well, it's not about taking this and moving it there. It's about that becoming this. That's the direction. We live it out. We live out the kingdom. We live out the heaven we get him in our heads we get heaven his heaven not the one we make up or the ones in the movies but his in our heads i go that that one that's where my loved one is man are they in a good place and no they don't have time to come down here and follow me around and we lost the jar of money just saying it's gone Jesus may appear to people in death near death experiences uh near death experiences uh there there's a just you know people share these th- there's tons of books on this um Raymond Moody wrote a uh, bunch of that uh, kind of got that rolling way way back in the in, uh, like the 70s 80s but there's a lot of uh, been reported and recorded and it's really cool uh, near to the, near-death near experiences people meet and have a conversation with Jesus often that's kind of cool I've already shared with you about the number of Muslims who Jesus has showed up and, and visited with and they've become Christians through through that and this is another way he manifests himself is through these near-death experiences people are clinically dead, sometimes in a car wreck or hospital or cancer, whatever it is, they're dead. And then they meet with him, and then he uh, returns them back. So they're returned to their bodies. And then when, when they come back, they're often changed. Not always, but often. They come back with another perspective on how life is to be lived, what values they hold, and they elevate him. And they see him in a, in a different way. Different. And it's great. It's great to see that process happen. So, lo- lots of stories that you can you can uh, research on that. Uh, so Jesus is not in a box. That's that's a part of this whole thing. Um, he's not limited to heaven, only to return at the end of time. He is not in a box. He is not um, chained to the throne. He is can be everywhere present, but he can also um, manifest himself in a location. And that's how these things are happening. The visions or his the resurrected Jesus shows up somewhere. He can manifest and, and just show up Wherever he wants, whenever he wants he he happens to be God, and he happens to be in charge. He is the head of the church, he keeps an eye on the church he says, "I will build my church." He didn't set this thing up and then take off for heaven and he's on vacation until such time as the father says we're gonna, we're going to blow that trumpet, you better get ready, go back No, nope. he is engaged he he's he visits. He visits people, he keeps an eye on nations, he keeps an eye on his church. He is not distant and he is not um, not in a box. He can be involved with, he has been through history. It's just an interesting thing for humans to go, I think I'm going to erase as much of that as I can. We talked about some of that kind of stuff earlier with with Lewis and mere Christianity. The idea that God really is involved and that he's around is, uh, disconcerting. So humans have a way, even within the church, of going, you know, it doesn't fit our, our, uh, idea of how this goes. So we'll, we'll just, let's just change it a little bit. We'll erase him here. We'll move, you know, so history, you know, just doesn't reflect some of this. And, uh, and even if you talk to people in your family and you go, have you ever had an experience with anything? and they, Oh, no, no. Only crazy people have those. <laughs> and then you find out they did at some point. Maybe when they drink a lot. I don't know. But some point when they feel safe, they might share. And then you find out, wow, this is like all over the place. Yeah, because he's showing up. Or he sent his angels, or something. He's touched somebody's life, or just from the scriptures, the Holy Spirit makes that just pop. And you go, you know, it's unusual. I've read other books, and it never popped like that. Well, except for pop up books, then that's different. But it's a, it's incredible to think that he, he can only return at the end of time. And. This is what we don't have time for today, cause, just because there's too few hours. All right, he shows up, and it's through the scriptures, and he and he shows up in history, and he is engaging and involved with us, and it is um, a fulfillment of many of the scriptures when he says, this generation will see, and I will be here, or I will return at, or I will... Is he talking every time about the big event at the end of time? No, he's just saying, I'm going to show up. Dang, my birthday party. It'd be cool. He's going to show up, and he has. That's when you read through the, through the scriptures, you're going, wow, look, at he shows up. He does. And he's not done yet because he said he's going to keep doing that till the end of the age which is the time when the trumpet blows, he comes back. Yeah, that's why we're doing this whole Messiah, the manifestations of the Messiah because he's not done yet. And he's not in a box. He's not locked in heaven. He can come visit whenever he wants to. Can manifest anywhere at any time. He has a bigger plan than people think. Well, I just need him to, you know, make my life easier and better. And, you know, I lost a loved one and I need I need him to fix that and and I need him to fix my job and I need more money and I need and we just keep coming up with whatever it is we need and he's like I got a bigger plan than that. Your pain may actually fit into the plan. Well, that would mean I'd have to rethink this. Dang it. Yes. Because he has a bigger plan that includes heaven, that includes a storage that could be just a cabinet or a box, but it could be just a city with your name written in magic marker at the front, and it's all your stuff because you live for him, and it's waiting for you. Could be that. But that's a bigger plan. Or I just make him come down here and pay attention to my whining, my complaining, my grumbling, and fix it for me. Because my kingdom is greater than your kingdom. So we may need to rethink. Because he's got a bigger plan. There's something missing. That's what the scriptures mean. When they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. It's like, wow. Okay, it's bigger than what I'm imagining. It's bigger than what I'm thinking. Nobody knows what that is. Well, that's not true. Paul uses, if you get the devotionals, you'll see it this week because I had to repeat this again, just in case somebody missed it today. It's coming. There's more to that. The context of this is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. And he is explaining to the Corinthians who've gone sideways. They're not really being spiritual. They're just arguing and fighting. They're just materialists. They're into their own thing and protecting their own... Uh, ideas and feelings and all the human stuff we normally do. And so he's going, what? This is big. This is so big. And God keeps these things. There's there's more to tell you, but God is keeping a number of these things secret. And he tells us that in Deuteronomy 29, 29, that that's the case. There's things he's revealed, things he kept secret. In this case, he's saying... I've kept them secret because there are other beings. The plan is bigger. This plan is huge. There are other beings who will listen in on our conversation. If I give it to the prophets and they write it down, they read it. So there are secrets. That's why he says, no eye has seen, no ear heard. It, so there's some things that he's keeping Hidden. The verse before that tells us and the verses before that tell us that he had kept things secret about Jesus. That's in the, the whole Old Testament, the whole history of the Hebrews, the whole history back to Adam and Eve, kept the secret that he had a plan. He's going to he's bring his son. He's going to die on the cross. Well, for the guys observing this thing as it unfolded, they, they knew Jesus showed up. They didn't realize he was going to show up when he showed up. That includes the the uh, beings who are observing from the unseen realm they didn't re- re- realize any more than the people on earth did so there's a whole skip in that and all of a sudden they go oh, he's here because when he encounters demons they go oh you're the son of God now we're in trouble they got it the humans are going is this guy really the messiah or maybe demons knew they knew who he was Their plan was, we can't let him run around on earth. Look what he's teaching them. They're going to get it. We can't have them get it. They'll follow the one true God. Let's kill him. Let's just kill him. We'll kill the son son of God, and we're done with this, and we will win. So that's what they did. Not knowing that that was the actual plan that God had come up with before the earth was established because he kept some things secret. That's in the part of 1 Corinthians 2 right before this. And he's saying, so, there's some things that people haven't seen, haven't thought of. Got a plan. Plan's big. However, in the next verses, which is this point in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3, the spiritual, God will reveal these things to them. He will reveal things to the prophets. He does that in the Old Testament. And he will reveal these things to his people who are spiritual. Which means they're tuned in to him. They see the value of heaven. They understand his processes, what he's doing. And they joined him. Their their allegiance is connected to him. So there's more. And pick this up. There's more. Uh, Verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. What things? All that stuff about what Jesus did, coming, all the secret stuff that was hidden from these other beings, from the human side of the family, all of it. And and that there's more. There's more about heaven. There's more about what God is doing in the earth. There's more about what He is accomplishing. It was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit, for His Spirit searches out everything and shows Us, God's deep secrets. The assumption, and if you read this in Bible commentaries, the commentaries will often say the us is all believers. No, he's drawing a distinction between the Corinthians, who were not being spiritual, and those who were being spiritual. And the us is Paul and the mission team, who were listening to God. And he was revealing additional information about the plan about what he was doing, about other beings, about what was happening in heaven, about what happens after you die, about when Jesus is coming back. All of those things that are kept secret were available. And Paul, hence, doesn't give details in every letter, but he gives enough hints. If you start tracking it with that in mind, you'll see it. He just, like, man, God gave you so much insight into these things. And Jesus Remember when he left? He said, well, you guys can't handle all this right now, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He will teach you. He will lead you into all truth. He will show you more. Paul's saying he did. The Holy Spirit showed up, showed him more. Who's the us? It's Paul and the team who are listening to the Lord. Who He's trying to correct the Corinthian church because they weren't listening to the Lord. They were trying to do it in their own human way. And it was creating a a problem Jesus is not in a box he is communicating he has a whole lot more to say can he reveal more stuff about heaven by way of his spirit to his people who are listening on earth today yeah yeah but we lock him away in a box and think that we've arrived and we understand it not yet there's so much more. More information on heaven. Oh, that's the passage of John sixteen twelve. There's so much more I want to tell you, Jesus said. But you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. About the future short term, about individual future about the future of the kingdom, about the future of the world, all that. He will tell you about the future. It's pretty cool. Jesus, the death buster, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one. He nailed it. He has crushed death. For humanity, that was the hold. It was the greatest fear. And it is for many even today. But because of what he has done, death does not have that control any longer. He has the keys. He has the authority. He has all authority in heaven and earth. And he has... uh, change things so death isn't the same as it was god is still sovereign heaven is wonderful the future is great and forever is going to be marvelous he's getting it all ready and he is coming back not just at the end maybe today he'll come visit Stop by. See how we're doing. He just keeps coming. He was never locked out. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for coming. Thanks for busting death. Thanks for crushing it. Stopping the power of darkness. Lord, we are free to live in the light, in the kingdom, and to live out the kingdom here, and I pray that you would bring it, Lord. Uh, we absolutely need it, and we need to know more of you. We need to experience more of you in this world. Help us to do that so fully, Lord, that the darkness will shake in fear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
4: Yeah.
0: Remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. Amen. We have a chili cook-off thing happen.